Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Banks and Family Fun Time. This is episode 11 of Doves and Demons. My name is Cody Bankson. I will be your host and game master as we journey into the unknown. Last time when we left off, our uh, friends of the Paranormal Investigation Group were on their way down to Rock County at the request of the Rock County Sheriff to investigate couple of strange deaths that occurred outside of Evansville, Wisconsin. Two teenagers were found flash frozen to death in a car uh, parked on the side of Weary Road. So the uh, when we last left off, the paranormal investigation group was uh, investigating the crime scene uh, in their all own unique ways as they are one to do. So that's what we'll be starting off in uh, this week's uh, episode, and I will catch up with you all at the end. That being a survivalist, Hazel like probably knows a good deal about tracking animals and how to kind of recognize paw prints, but this is like something that is not really familiar to you. It has aspects of being like a a humanoid, very small, and it's also like there are like also like claws on these sort of uh, human, uh, hu- tiny human-like sort of prints that you find in the sand underneath the bridge. Oh. <laughs> Weird. So I, I take a couple more pictures. Spooky, do we have do we have any plaster of Paris in the spooky wagon uh, that we might take a cast? He yells for uh, Frag to get some out of the back. Uh, Spooky's kind of like going over the crime scene, though, doing separate stuff at the moment. So Frag, throw me down some plaster of Paris. I'm going to make <laughs> a cast of this, these weird prints. No problem, Miss Mertz. Here you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I am. I, I think I know the answer to the question, but I'm assuming that ever since the initial Badger case and the incident in the sewer that Jimmy has fixed his headgear in the time since then. Yeah, that's what he would spend his off time doing, like, until that got fixed. I was hoping his Rick Moranis, like, headset would be functional again. I think that totally makes sense. Spooky, like, considering the evidence, it's pretty sure there's not ghosts, but he's still going to pull out his ghost detector first just to rule that out right away. And then, like, look around the crime scene using said Rick Moranis, looking through, like, a UV filter and, like, an infrared filter just to see if he could, like, pick up any energy signatures or anything weird like that. Great. So this ghost tracker, describe how it works to me. Is it, like, because I'm envisioning kind of like a Geiger counter, um, but if you have something else in mind, let me know. That is, like, when he's, like, pissed off about that. He's, like, I'm pretty sure Ghostbusters ripped off my design because it is kind of, like, <laughs> the thing with, like, the two prongs on the end and the lights that light up. Yeah, and it just kind of, like, detects ambient ectoplasm, basically. Sorry, remind me, where are you doing this? Are you ba- are you on top of the bridge or are you underneath where Hazel's taking the plaster cast? No, I'm, I'm on top of the bridge, like, where I could see the car was approximately parked when this happened. I think I don't think this is something you have to roll with. I think this is just something that you're able to do given your character's background. And you flip that switch and you turn it on and you do start sensing trace amounts of ectoplasm um, on top of the bridge. You said you had the UV filter with like your headset that you're using to kind of look around. And you do notice these footprints. As they get further away, they sort of start to fade a little bit more and more. But you do see footprints approaching the bridge uh, that seemed to um, sort of come out of the fields on the um, on the passenger side when when the vehicle would have parked they would have come from the passenger side behind it um, a little bit further down the road i don't see any scarecrows from where i'm standing do i uh, you do not <laughs> it's like all <laughs> cornfields is what i is what i envision i want to take out my ouija board and just 
see if anything's around. See if so are you just, like, in the middle of the road, just, like, throwing down a Ouija board? No, like, I'm, in the, I'm in the RV. So are you, like, you guys are going to take a deuce, so I'll be out in a second? <laughs> I, give me a minute. Like, fuck you. <laughs> he was like, you better not be jerking off in my RV, Shannon. Because <laughs> this is the first time we've used the artifact of great cost. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So you're going to need to tell me specifically what you're using it for, because the way the artifact of great cost works, you get to add two dice roll automatically to a either a doves or demons roll that you make, but then it inflicts a harm or complication that I will choose afterward. So I just want to see if there's anything that we can't see or notice. Something supernatural happening. So is that why you're asking the Ouija board? Yeah, I'm asking the Ouija board to like tell me that. Okay. Ooh, magic Ouija board! What can't we see? Okay. So this is going to be this is going to be a dove's role because it's sort of a combination of research and spell casting since you are yeah. talking to an actual supernatural being. I'll say, give me, roll four dice. And I want them to you be... You want ones or twos. Ones or twos. I want, so yeah, I got two angels and two demons. Yeah, she got a one and two and two fives, so two passes. So that's a, that's a success. Okay, so sorry, just one more time. Remind me what specifically you asked the Ouija board. Are there any spirits around here or other supernatural beings that you can tell me about? So when you ask about spirits, as soon as you ask about that, the little thing that is on the Ouija board that, that sort of points at the different stuff, it like I imagine it's sort of sitting in front of you and you're not, you're not even touching it. It immediately shoots over to the yes. Can I talk to the spirit? Uh, the Ouija board says no. And then it spells out for you later. Late? Okay. All right. Uh, and then it spells out nighttime. Okay. All right. I'll be back. I'll go for a little camping trip tonight. I put it back in my bag, and I walk outside. Well, no, first I say goodbye, because you always have to say goodbye. <laughs> you got to be with these spooky Ouija spirits. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just walk and, out to the rest of the And as you, as you say uh, goodbye, you hear it whisper, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cody, do these tracks, do they lead into the field where the kids supposedly died car surfing? I'll say that it does, yeah. You notice the tracks uh, on the side of, of the creek where, yeah, because it's like right after the bridge, there's that super sharp right-hand turn. The tracks start to lead up to the side of the road just beyond that, that very sharp turn. Jimmy yells back, like, guys, you might have to deal with, like, a ghostly teenager. Sounds like you might be a real cool kid. <laughs> you probably want to know Frag is doing, but... Yeah, I'm, I'd like to check in with Frag. I think he's the only one that we haven't really heard from yet. Well, uh, Frag's not really good at uh, responsibilities. So I'm trying to <laughs> yes, we're all aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for information because I, I really want to kind of drop down in that creek and walk towards the railroad, but I'm kind of waiting for the, the uh, investigators to say that's probably a good idea, but if they don't, I'm probably going to do it anyway. Okay. The creek where you're, um, where you're standing, the railroad track is about... Okay, so it actually does look like it does intersect the road. But that's going to be probably about a mile and a half north of the bridge that you're um, currently investigating. Thrive's going to go that way anyway. He's going to drop down to the creek and at least walk to the railroad. You're going to okay. walk in the middle of the creek? It's what I do. <laughs> 
wasn't one of many things. Okay, so yeah, so Frags is kind of just kind of walking along, just kind of spl- sloshing through the. Did you did you put on waders, or are you just kind of still just sloshing around in your drag dress dummies Gene Simmons outfit? <laughs> or did you take your pants off to keep dressed? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I really want to have my uh, Action Jackson outfit on. I'm taking. Uh, I'm, no, I don't have waders. I, I just have rough uh, outdoor shoes and. And, uh, yeah, my, my Slimer gear. Okay. I don't think there's necessarily, like, a role you need to do here. I think this is sort of... Okay, the way I see this playing out is uh, you're just kind of sloshing along uh, in the canal. It takes you, like, a little while to move. You know, it's not super easy to walk through this water. Like I said, you got to go about a mile north. So, I mean, it takes you maybe 20 minutes or so as you're... You know, after you've been like walking for about that long, you start to get uh, you're starting to get close to the train tracks at this point. I would say you're not like right at them. You start to hear like in the distance, like the sound of like the whistle of a train when you poke your land. I'll say you kind of when you hear that, you scramble up the banks of the canal. Uh, and you're kind of standing there on the edge of the fo- the field, and you look up towards the tracks, and you don't see any. Ghost Frag on a walkie-talkie. I'm over here by the railroad tracks. I just heard a train whistle, and there's no train. So either it's a fact, or I'm having a flashback. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Both no. are totally possible, I think. Yeah. I, uh, I think that I uh, need, I'm going to go back to town whenever we can and get my camping gear and stay out here by the railroad tracks tonight. Anyone want to join me? Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Jimmy's like, I, I mean, I'll sleep in the RV, but sure, yeah, go tent camping. <laughs> Before we head into town, though, Jimmy wants to test out one of his new additions to his headset. He finally just saw this pretty awesome movie called Predator. Way better. Than- <laughs> uh, so yeah, he kind of like turns on his new vision. And it's kind of like a heat sense vision. Do I see any like cold pockets looking around? Good question. But at this point, well, I'll tell you what. Give me a dove's roll, and since this is a new addition to your headset, I'll say you just get two dice. <laughs> Double sixes. Okay. Uh, nope. No cold pockets. Uh, what exactly is Frag trying to perceive right now, or how is he going about it? Okay, so I think what Frag is going to try to do is, is really just... <laughs> I think he's going to go with demon hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Can he hear anything that's really unusual going on around him. I think that we'll say that your demon hearing is what allows you to hear that phantom train whistle that you heard. And like, maybe you even like kind of put like a hand, like kind of down on the ground and you might sort of sense some vibrations coming from the the direction of the train tracks. But I think what I'll say is that because of that's the because of that's the way that this is working, none of your other teammates can hear this train whistle or see anything or feel the vibrations that you are currently sensing. Okay, that's, that sounds good. I, I do want to communicate, let's see. Yeah, I'm just going to communicate back to him. Uh, it's Frank. When we get back to town, we ought to ask the Rock County Sheriff if there was any sort of train wreck or something going on out here. So I, I'm picking up some odd communications from the netherworld. <laughs> Perfect. Is there anything else that y'all want to do before you head back into town? So I, I've got my cast footprints, and I'm just looking around. I got my flashlight out, and I'm just looking around under the bridge to see if I see any, like, 
warrens or dens or little forts or evidence that there might be little <laughs> creatures living underneath this bridge. Little housing development. Yeah, I think underneath the bridge, you do not, you don't notice any nests or dens like that. Just the uh, footprints that you've taken the little plaster casts of. Okay, so no troll tenements or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, no troll tr- high rise. Yeah, no troll hideouts or troll dens. <laughs> or troll graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lefts of socks. Oh. Fuck so. you, humans. Do we know where the is the car parked at, like, the police impound, or where is that? I think that makes sense. I think just for the sake of simplicity, we'll say that the impound is at the Rock County Sheriff's Office. Jimmy would head there, inspect the car, and uh, take a look at the bodies if possible. So we're all on the same page. The Rock County Sheriff's Department, currently at least, is uh, in Janesville. That is probably about another half hour from Evansville. Jimmy would like to go compare, like, the uh, the plaster casts of, like, the footprints we found underneath the bridge to, like, the claw marks or whatever that are on top of the car. Yeah, so it's only about 20 minutes from Evansville to Janesville. And, like, I think at this point, you guys probably spent, like, a few hours investigating the case, you know, doing the plaster, frag kind of tromping around in the canal. So, like, we'll say it's, like, like mid-afternoon, like 3 o'clock um, by the time you get to Rock County Sheriff's Office. Rock County Sheriff is, like, aware. Uh, you know, he requested you guys to come down. want to come in and ask him any questions or something, but he basically says, you know, like, you have total cooperation of County Sheriff. You know, we'll do whatever we can to kind of help you guys out because, uh, you know, you're, you're the ones doing us a favor. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy would be like, yeah, show me the car. You, you know, you go out into the impound and you're sort of looking at the scratch marks on the roof of the car find that like the distance between the claws that uh, that um, dragged across the uh, roof of the vehicle they are very similar if not like a direct match with the little plaster cast that you took from the from underneath the bridge so i'm kind of talking aside to to jimmy because i know the one who's really spooky about this are we going to show these plaster casts to the sheriff or we're just going to leave them between us ah sheriff doesn't need to see this shit so while you're doing that, I need to, I just want to ask the sheriff about that area and whether or not you've ever had any weird reports or are there any stories or <laughs> legends about Weary Road that we should know about? Give me a dove's roll on this just to determine how much information the sheriff knows and will tell you. Three successes. Total complete success. He looks a little, you know, when you ask him about legends and mysterious stuff like that he kind of gets a little uncomfortable like visibly uncomfortable and kind of looks around a little bit he's like well you know some people don't really like to talk about this and you know i mean it's it's probably nothing but you know just since since you asked you know there's a uh, uh, legend has it of uh, old man weary still walks that road you know a long time ago he was born Louis Weary. He uh, has a pretty tragic story. He had a, you know, he had a reputation for being a little overly fond of the local children. He loved to kind of entertain the kids, but, you know, he didn't really have any of his own. And, you know, as you can imagine, that didn't really sit right with a lot of the parents in the area. One night they um, decided to take justice into their own hands and um, they actually stormed his house with torches and uh, burned it to the ground with him inside. But Wait, so you're basically talking about a reverse Freddy Krueger? Uh, yeah, he has a very similar story to that of Freddy Krueger. Tragedy is that 
when they did this, what they didn't know is there were three kids inside the house with him who also lost their life in the fire. And then investigators found after his death that, you know, all of these accusations uh, that the um, townsfolk were throwing around, you know, there wasn't any evidence to actually support them. You know, I mean, people kind of said things here and there, but there's nothing to suspect he was doing anything, you know, wrong to any of these kids. Uh, I think he was just kind of a lonely guy who never really had his own family. Wow. So, so is his farm near the bridge? Is it out there on Weary, or was it out there on Weary Road? He's like, he says something like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, rumor has it it's out there somewhere, but, you know, the the remains, you know, I've never, I've never gone tromping around out there. Um, For all I know, the foundation might still be out there, but my understanding is that they did a pretty good job of destroying the house itself. He's like, and, you know, I mean, since we're telling ghost stories, everything, I'll, uh, I'll let you know, I mean, uh, this is all just, you know, talk you hear around town. People say sometimes when they're driving around uh, past Weary Road, they see lights seemingly act like they would come from, you know, a car or a motorcycle. You know, no one's ever at, but then when they get close enough, there's actually not really anything there and the light just kind of disappears. People have reported, he does like air quotes when he says reported, uh, you know, seeing some kind of glowing green uh, person walking down the side of the road. But then when, again, you know, as they get close, he kind of disappears. Rumors of weird creatures scampering across the road in the middle of the night. I think that's all he has to say. Weird lights, glowing people, uh, strange creatures, phantom cars. Curious, Sheriff, have you had any uh, any cases of uh, somebody reporting uh, Casey Jones or John Henry? running around out there (laughs) something to do with trains no nothing like that oh okay well jimmy's like well i have a feeling like if we can find this foundation we might be able to find some clues so to the county records department (laughs) Uh, so while you guys are going to the or whoever's going to the county records department i'm going to go down to the janesville gazette which isn't far from the sheriff's office, I'm assuming. Look in their quote-unquote morgue for stories about Weary Road and see what I can find. <laughs> Quick question. Why was morgue in air quotes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, like, like Rock County doesn't have an actual morgue? <laughs> no, I was, the, the, the newspaper office where they keep clippings by subject is also called a morgue. Oh, I see. I didn't know about that. I, so Jimmy's going to the county records department to see, I'm assuming you're looking for an address for uh, Lewis Weary? Yeah, like the address, and then the, if they have any, like, like building records where on the property the house might have been located. So you're doing that. Hazel's going to the Janesville Gazette. What are Shannon and Frag doing? I kind of want to just go get my camping gear together and go maybe to the actual morgue. Okay, cool. Do a little shopping montage. Yeah. Frag, what are you up to? Well, yeah, it would be good to have somebody put eyes on the bodies. Yeah, that's what I'm doing it. Duh. Take Frag will go down to the train station or the rail yards and see if he can talk to any old rail hands. <laughs> okay. Hobos, you know those? Yeah. Hey, yeah, so, <laughs> going to go drink bot, like brown bag whiskey with hobos? <laughs> well, you know, if they want to socialize, I'm not against that. But <laughs> I'm intrigued by Hazel's plan. So let's, I'll say that the sheriff, he has one of his old men kind of drive over, give you a lift over the Gazette in this one of his cruisers. 
reminded me what you're looking for at the Janesville Gazette. You're looking for old newspaper clippings of what? Weary Road. I'm going to ask the librarian at the Janesville Gazette to bring me out any newspaper clippings they have about Weary Road or ghost stories. Because I know in small towns they like to, around Halloween, write about local ghost stories. So I'm hoping to find uh, a newspaper clipping about Mr. Weary or sightings along Weary Road. I like that idea a lot. I don't think it's, I don't think I'll make you roll for that. I think what you find after like a few hours of research is like you do um, find certain stories that are able to at least kind of confirm at least like pieces of like the things that Sheriff, the Rock County Sheriff was telling you. You know, you are able to confirm like, oh, like, fire at like the weary residence or from like a long time ago it's not like this just happened like last year old man weary he died like like 19th century yeah you're able to find these really old they're like all yellow and from like kind of the first inaugural kind of years of uh the janesville gazette stories of fire at the weary house he was found dead as as well were uh three children uh there's no mention of the the vigilante justice sheriff mentioned i think that kind of sweeped under the rug and all the pedophilia accusations <laughs> yeah they that they didn't mention any anything like that looking for the obituaries of the three children oh good idea i'll follow that rabbit hole and see if i can find any information about uh their family names and whether or not there were obituaries in the paper i think that you probably would have gotten some of this information would have come from reading those obituaries you find their family names. I think it's totally possible that the family still lives somewhere in the area. They're like somewhere in Rock County in general. Since this is 100 years ago, any of their you know living uh, next of kin now, like it's not like they knew who these people were. The key information that I want to take away from these children is given the small prints that we're finding are yeah. how old the kids were. They were 12. They were 12. <laughs> <laughs> but were they like, Three-year-old, three 12-year-olds, or were they 12-year-old, 12-year-olds? They were, they were like nine-year-old, 12-year-olds. Okay. <laughs> they, were, they were nine. Okay. <laughs> Quick flashback, Jimmy, worrying of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street connection, told Hazel to also check if there's been any reports of people dying in their sleep unexpectedly going on around here. No unexplained deaths in the middle of the night in their sleep. I take notes because they charged a lot for copies back then. Uh, <laughs> I head back out to the sheriff's office. Patrolman who gave you a lift over there, he'd be happy to drive you back over to the sheriff's office or if there's somewhere else that y'all want to retroactively agree that you were going to meet at. Sheriff's office sounds good to me, right, guys? Because that's a central hub of where y'all have been sort of doing this research. Let's go to Jimmy. You're going to try and find the address of the Weary resident? The address and then any possible, like, land plans where it showed where the foundation might be. Give me a dove's roll on that just to see how much of this information has lasted through the years of the Rock County. Um, how much information they have kept over the years. <laughs> how well the records office has done their job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say, I, I'll give you three dice. Jimmy's a smart guy. He's used to doing research. And I think he's prepared to do something like this. One, two, and a four. And I'm pretty sure my number is a four. This is kind of unrelated, but Jimmy's also wondering, is there a meat packing plant or something in town where you could go anywhere that might have a large refrigerator or like <laughs> refrigeration services? 
I don't know exactly right off the top of my head what it might be, but yeah, I think there's got to be, there's somewhere in either Janesville or Evansville, like, where uh, where are you looking for this? Is it in Janesville near the Sheriff's Department, or do you want it to be in Evansville close to the scene of the crime? No, in, in Janesville is fine. Jimmy's just coming up with a plan to build some kind of thermo-nullifying suit so he doesn't get, like, frozen to death. You know, yeah. not... He's super stoked on. Yeah, I would say it's totally feasible that there's somewhere in Janesville where you can find large, like, industrial-grade, like, freezer. Ah, Jimmy makes mental note of that. He's going to head there after this. Oh, three, total success. It takes you a little while to go through all this stuff because, you know, you got to, like, go find the old, like, boxes. You're blowing, like, the cobwebs off the top kind of sorting through these files and like you know this shit's old it's like it's barely kind of holding together in your hands you're actually able to find like a old like you're able to find records of uh lewis weary pieced together through these bits and pieces of information that you find like you're able to have a pretty good idea of like where to find this house the uh, property lines sort of change over time as you know different people have owned sort of the different parcels of the land I mean, you're able to find an address and maybe even like a picture of his house after the fire. Like you have a pretty good idea, assuming that the landscape has not changed too much, what address is a good starting point and then where you'll kind of go from there to find the remains of Old Man Weary's house. Sweet. Jimmy will take what notes he needs, snap a picture or two to to take with him because I assume I can't just like stuff these in my jacket and just walk out (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they're going to, like, be crazy about you, like, leaving with, like, the actual files themselves. But, yeah, you're totally able to, like, take some notes, uh, like, freehand. And then, yeah, like, pictures, totally cool. Like, you got, you can take the information with you, just not the files themselves. <laughs> Jimmy will head towards the meatpacking plant or wherever he needs to go to try to find some kind of thermo suit. Give me another real quick dove's roll to do that. I'm going to say two dice for this one. Two twos. Two passes. They have these, like... It's not like necessarily like a jumpsuit, but you're able to find these super thick insulated jackets they use when they're getting like the stuff out of the big walk-in freezer. Being a law enforcement agent yourself and also having this sort of uh, Rock County Sheriff's Department behind you guys, you know, you're able to retrieve some of these suits, you know, be like, you know, this is official police business. I need your freezer coats. (laughs) There's a body stuck in a glacier. We got to retrieve it. (laughs) (laughs) So, do I find enough for everybody in the group, or just one for Jimmy? I think I'm gonna say you just find one for you, because like you're not able to like they don't have a lot of these on hand. They don't have a lot of these people like in the freezer at a time, and it's like they also still need to be able to go in there too. So yeah, they're they're able to give you one for Jimmy, but uh, they don't have like a bunch of these things just lying around. Jimmy's also like this thing looks pretty tight. Do you have any like baby powder for squeezing in and out of it? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, man, yeah, and he just tosses bottle of baby powder he's like yeah we get it we get that all the time here man i picture jimmy trying to catch it but grabbing it wrong so it just puffs up in his face yeah absolutely <laughs> mathlete not an athlete <laughs> yeah <laughs> jimmy was an indoor kid let's cut to shannon was there anything that you wanted to follow up on other than just getting your camping gear um is there anything that you wanted to sh- should we check in on you at all or are you just going to the morgue, but... oh right, right right yeah you're going to the morgue you're going to the morgue what more are you hoping to learn about victims from this trip to the morgue beyond what was in the the report so i just want to again like sit in the morgue and uh, use my ouija board and see if i can talk to them okay 
Yeah, give me a dove's roll with three dice. And I'll say that two of those dice are coming from the um, Ouija board actively helping you. I got two threes and a five, so I get to ask you two questions. Is this worth my time? Will, the, will I be able to talk to them? Yeah, absolutely. Depends on the, the quality of your roll. Doves, you're trying to go below. So you've already got one fail, but you've got two more tries to roll again to get a total success. Given, like, if you do roll two successes, you're definitely going to get some information from these kids, from the spirits of these victims. If you roll three failures, then you're probably not going to get much out of it. Is it dangerous to use the Ouija board again so soon? Yes. If you're not going to get a lot out of it, you might want to might wait on that. I don't think I'm going to use it. I'm just going to examine them and see if there's maybe some weird emblem got frozen into them or something like that. Go ahead, and so we'll say this is instead of a research spellcasting rule. Since you rolled um, your number, you get to change the action, and I'll just say, yeah, it's just a planning slash research type of roll, okay. and you're not using the Ouija board anymore. Oh, all right, and then I get to re-roll these two, right? Correct. I got a four and a three. I don't care. I'm going to roll again, and I got a three again, <laughs> and I got a one. Partial okay. success. So, partial <laughs> success. So you were looking for, like, a brand or, like, mark on them? Yes. Partial success. So there's a complication or a price to pay. So I'll say with a partial success, okay, so I think this is what makes sense. I can't necessarily think of a complication or a price to pay, um, given that you're just sort of studying these remains. Cause of death was determined to be hypothermia. You kind of see in a body when that happens. On their, on each of their forearms, you are so ever so faintly able to make out the outline of a hand on each of their forearms. How can I? Ha- how big of a hand? I, I mean, probably you know the size of you know a grown man. Okay. Not creepy little kid hand size. Yeah. No. Okay. No, it's, it's probably okay. about the size of Shannon's hand, give or take. All right. Very interesting. So I don't see anything else. So I think I'm ready to leave. Frags. So what are you doing? <laughs> Just looking at pornography with hobos. <laughs> oh, it's going down there and. Chilling with my hobo buddies. They're gonna, you know, I used to be a hobo myself. I was known as Akron Boxcar Bob to differentiate me from Gator Boxcar Bob. <laughs> People wouldn't be confused. I, you know, I, I got a, I got a flask of whiskey. Um, offer them a drink. And I call it caboose juice, so they feel. <laughs> and and it, it's it's two flasks duct taped together, you know, with with, <laughs> with the nozzle at opposite ends on each one of them, so we can just you know keep on rolling. Uh, anyway, are you presenting yourself to these hobos as a police officer, or are you just like, oh, hey, no, no, I'm no. another fellow spirit? You know, you know, <laughs> I used to ride the rails. Times changed a little bit for me. I got a little more successful, you know, discovered the way in the world. I was just checking with them and said, you know, I used to ride the rails. I mean, just curious, you know, what stories did you guys hear about ghost trains? Yeah, I mean, you basically just traded trains for your Chevy Nova. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the hell you drive. I think it's a Nova. It's a Yugo. And it's Yugo, a, right, right. A Nova would be a step up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, this definitely, give me a demon's roll with three dice, because this is 
sort of an interrogation, but it's definitely a reckless action. <laughs> and I would say you're definitely both prepared and an expert in doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely Frag's wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Two, six, two successes, one fail. Okay. Got two drunks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a, still a total success with two successes. Yeah, I mean, you. so you show up, and I imagine at first they're kind of like, hey, man, we got every right to be here, too. You know, this is my house. Probably, like, a couple of them, and they were, like, playing craps, giving your rough-and-tumble lifestyle. You're able to smooth things over with them pretty quickly as soon as you offer them your flask. And yeah. the next thing you know, you guys are... You're drinking whiskey together, and you're throwing the bones. You know, you're doing a little yeah, gambling. Right, bring out the dice, singing "Old Man River," <laughs> and they're kind of like you. You quickly uh, befriend these uh, two uh, train riding hobos, and I, I imagine they got their sticking bindles kind of unwrapped. Uh, that <laughs> you mentioned ghost trains. They kind of laugh, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I mean, everybody around around these parts that ride that ride the train cars, you know, we all know that story, but you know, none of us has ever seen that thing before. You know, that's just a rumor. You know, well, it sounds like a sounds like a good story. Why don't you tell it to me? Essentially, the story is just that you know, rumor has it that at night, similar to like the phantom cars and motorcycles that get seen on um, Weary Road. Rumor has it there's like a phantom train that gets seen. You can see the lights in the distance just north and that area near where you were kind of when you heard the rumbling and heard the whistle or felt the rumbling and heard the whistle. Wow, that's cool. Was there like a train wreck? It just shows up because it's ghost stop time. No, no rumors of any kind of train wreck or anything that just this mysterious phantom train. Every once in a while, people see it kind of rolling down the tracks in the distance on Weary Road. Does it just show up at night then? Is that what happens? Those are the only times that they've heard stories about people seeing it. It's been great chilling with you, man. Here, take one last pull. I gotta go. They're like, oh, yeah, thank you. They take a big pull of whiskey out of your flask. And I think at this point, like, you spent, like, a little bit. I think the flask, you guys drank up all the whiskey at this point. (laughs) They kind of finish it off, and they're like, yeah, you're a pretty good guy, Frag. Yeah, Frank just rotates both ends around to show there's nothing left. Just kind of shakes both sides like nothing comes out. It's been a good time, man. Take care. See you later. After y'all sort of went your separate ways briefly and did your investigating, y'all met back up at at the sheriff's office, the Rock County Sheriff's Office, and you uh, drove in the uh, RV back over to Evansville. I think, you know, given all the stuff that all y'all were doing, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, by the time you're getting back there, getting pretty close to nighttime. So what is your what is your plan for this ghost stakeout? Jimmy's not super stoked on that term. <laughs> ghost sleepover? Like, nah, uh, I'm not. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, has your dad got any insight into what's going on? I don't know. What are, what are ghost rules in this world? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had not really considered that. We'll just let the dice decide. Give me a dub's roll with two dice. One success, one failure. So I think with a partial success, your ghost dad is able to tell you that he does sense the presence of another spirit, but he cannot direct you towards it. Dad had, you know, bad eyesight even before he died. So. <laughs> Not great at, like, spotting the ghost. When he gets real up close, he can see him. Can he needs his ghost glasses. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a ghost question? Can his dad sense my Ouija board? Well, I don't know. You wouldn't know whether or not, because you can't talk to Jimmy's ghost dad, I think you are aware 
that the spirit in your Ouija board can sense him, though. Okay, that makes sense. Wait, the Ouija board's talking to my ghost dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's trying to stay secret, but it just knows your ghost dad's there. Well, I'm just going to camp by these railroad tracks. I have a nice tent and the cot. I'm going to drink some whiskey and make some hot dogs. So just as a reminder, the railroad tracks are about a mile north of the actual crime scene. Yeah, Jimmy's what... like, why don't we check out the dead guy's house first? Uh, you're the one that said you hit or heard a ghost trip. Oh, wait, no, that was Frag. That was Frag. Can we set up camp and then go check out the dead guy's house? So that way we have a place to go. I mean, Jimmy's just staying in the RV, so he's not setting up camp. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to set up camp, and then if everyone wants to join me, I'm going to go over to the dead guy's house. So what I'm envisioning is by the time Shannon sets up camp, eats some hot dogs, drinks some whiskey, it's like fully like nighttime at this point when y'all are going to find like dead guy's house. Given the information that Jimmy has, gets you to like an address that is like close enough to it. The image that uh, Jimmy is able to find is that the, the weary residence was, you know, pretty far off the road. So you're probably going to need to kind of do some rustling around in the brush and the farm fields to kind of get out there. If that's what y'all still want to do, you kind of start doing that. Describe to me, like, who's who's leading the way. I imagine Jimmy is probably near the front, at least, since he is the one who has the best understanding of, like, which direction you guys are going in. So there's definitely no RV accessible route in? No, like, the RV will get you close enough to... You'll kind of, you can kind of drive along Weary Road, but then, yeah, it's kind of... There's somewhat difficult terrain... I'll say that you might have to, like, you'll probably have to, like, you have to go over that little canal thing I mentioned before. So that's probably, like, the biggest thing, kind of keeping the RV out of the area that you're going to have to use to access. Frank, I'm curious. Hey, Jimmy, do we have, like, any of those uh, ghost container containment guns like they have in Ghostbusters? Fuck, man! Ghostbusters is total (laughs) bullshit! (laughs) Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. I accidentally picked up the wrong phone. It, was, it wasn't my phone. Told you how I feel about that movie. I just never <laughs> around me. Oh, I love that. Why'd so. you have to start him up? <laughs> Fucking hacks. They got it all wrong. No one cares. I wrote it multiple times, letting them know I would consult for free on the movie. <laughs> okay, so Hazel is content to kind of bring up the rear. Not to the point of walking backwards, but definitely flashing her flashlight on either side as we're walking. But, Cody, do I have any kind of ghost capturing devices? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I think that given your uh, your origin story, because didn't you say you the, the Miller plant was haunted and you um, scared or like you like captured the ghost or drove it out somehow? Yeah. Was, wasn't that part of your origin story? So, yeah, I mean, you have some sort of ghost hunting equipment like i'll let you decide what that entails uh, but yeah, yeah i think just given given like the a, nature of your character's background yeah i think that's something you'll have it's <laughs> like a game you and your dad would play all the time you know yeah. come find me <laughs> it's not a hand it's not a backpack it's more of a hands held like sprayer looking device <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> backpack what kind of bullshit no <laughs> You don't uh, want to be uh, encumbered. Yeah. Oh, and the pictures are purple, not green. <laughs> so I'm assuming it like, looks pretty much exactly like the Ghostbusters backpack. <laughs> we're, we're on the clock, Jimmy. <laughs> so, I'm assuming Frag will be wandering out front. <laughs> and I'm like, I passed you guys because I don't want to listen to your bullshit. And I just kept walking forward. 
When Jimmy's going to fall a little bit more behind because he's going to, you know, powder up and get in his suit. Like I said, this is like a heavy insulated coat that you're putting on. And like the middle of July in Wisconsin. So like Jimmy is sweating his fucking balls off in his coat right now. Well, Jimmy will fit the coat in a backpack and bring that with, which, which put it on until it gets a little bit closer. Sure. Shannon, you, so you said that you just kind of wandered out into the front and you're just going for it? Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm not super far away from them. I just didn't want to be around their bullshit. I was just kind of like walking forward and not at a fast pace or anything. So it sounds like you're at the front of the group, though. Yeah. Okay. You guys are kind of, you're walking through the woods, lights, uh, you know, you got your flashlights out. And I imagine Jimmy's probably using his, his, his ghost detector device, his Geiger counter ghost thing. And, you know, he's and like, using the, the temperature controls again. Okay. Yeah, because sudden cold, that would be a worry. Yeah, I, I'm going full predator view. Okay. Uh, you know, as you're, at first, you're just kind of like, at first, the temperature reader thing is not really picking up on much other than just, you know, your guys' body heat. But then as you start getting closer to, like, you kind of start to recognize things from the images you saw in, like, the county record department, and you are, like, in the distance, able to pick up a little bit of, like, a cold spot further, like, ahead of you through, like, some kind of under undergrowth. But, like, all of a sudden, um, Shannon, being out in front, all of a sudden, you just feel this, like, sharp pain in your forearm, and you look down, and there's just, like a like, a pretty, like, deep and sizable cut on uh, your arm that just seems to just appeared there out of nowhere. Oh my god. All right. Guys, this is weird. There's a poltergeist that just attacked me, and I show everybody my arm. Oh. Is everyone else okay? You're the only one who has been affected at this moment. Jimmy starts putting on his, his outfit. I just, like, kind of rotate around and look if I see any lights or anything odd, kind of check over my body to make sure there's no other marks anywhere. You got to do like a classic kind of tough guy move and you like rip off like part of your shirt, make <laughs> like a, a bandage with it. As you're checking yourself near the back of the group, Hazel hears some like scurrying around. Guys? Yeah? I hear something back here. What do you mean something? It sounds like maybe those little creatures. And, and at that like, moment, all of a sudden, there's this flash, and you look over, and the, there's this little, like, imp-like creature that has uh, scurried through the underbrush and has leaped up to attack you, Mom. Hazel, give me a demon's roll with two dice. Cody, quick question before we get into combat. With my heat sensors, does Frag register, like, a lot warmer than a normal person, being, like, half <laughs> a demon? I'll let Frag decide that. I, I think that would be true, Dick. Actually, I was... I, <laughs> Jimmy just, I, like, makes a mental note of that. He's like, I gotta look into that more. Jimmy, I'm just running a fever. I've been drinking a lot. You're running, like, 165. <laughs> I, I, picked up, I picked up the hobo virus. The stuff is really virulent. I, rolled I thought the hobo virus was herpes. Uh, he's gotta be pretty much immune to that right now. You would think if anybody could build up antibodies to herpes, it would be Frag. <laughs> I rolled a three and a five. So my okay. question is, can I tell how many creatures are out there? You know, in this moment, when this thing has just jumped out to attack you. It's a single thing. There's only this one thing that has started to attack you that you're aware of right now. All right. Two failures. So I'd have to roll a six to get a success. Yeah, because on demons, you're trying to roll high. Yeah. What I envision happens is Hazel being near, like, the back of the group, like, here's this, like, 
scurrying or something and kind of turns around. It's just a little bit too late. Turns around just in time to see this little, like, weird, goblin-y, imp-looking, like, little creature. Probably a thigh high, like, when it's standing on the ground, but it has just leaped out of the underbrush and just chomped down on your shoulder. And now it's just clinging on to you as it's, like, bitten into your shoulder. Uh-oh. Guys! Guys! <laughs> um, so I pull out one of my gun and should I use, like, my holy water bullet or my... I, I don't know. What defeats imps? Holy water's probably a pretty solid right. guess. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna put one of, like, two of my holy water bullets. You're gonna try to shoot this thing while it's mauling Hazel? With holy water! <laughs> it's still, still bullet. bullets, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you put some holy water inside a bullet does not negate the fact that it is still a bullet. It's an explode, like it just explodes holy water. Well, if that's the case, Uh, like it'd have to be more of like a water balloon type device. Since you're up front, Shannon, uh, uh, and Hazel really is next. Frag really is closest to Hazel. What, what yeah, go for it. Yeah, because Frag's probably like stumbling a little bit through the woods because he's always he's always rocking like a point one two BAC. I think what Frag's going to try to do is go over and just grab the thing around the throat and rip it off of Hazel's shoulder. Okay, yeah, that's a demon's roll for sure. Two dice. Two successes. Kind of leave it up to you. Like, how does this uh, work out? Like, you like you run up and you just grab it, like, by the... You just, like, put it in, like, a chokehold? No, grabbing it by the neck with one hand, and I, I've been working on this. I have a a bag made out of kind of special treated silver that I'm going to throw the, the imp into and try to keep him in there. Yeah, uh, wait, hold on. Explain that to me again. You have a bag made out of silver? Silver threads, yeah. It'll, it'll hold a demon. Okay. Are you trying hold to get the nip, nymph like you would a, a snipe, like you're snipe hunting? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you're just shoving it in a magic bag? I, I didn't want to call it the bag of holding, but, you know. It, <laughs> Your snipe, honey. The bag of Bowie, if it's made of silver? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I guess that's a thing that it makes sense for you to have. Right? You're, <laughs> you're, you're pushing the limits a little bit here, Dad. Maybe, uh, maybe a backstory of the reason he has it, because it also doubles as a cape when he's on stage. I like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you have this silvery threaded bag and you kind of throw it in there and the imp is like for the time being it's stuck in there but it is thrashing around and making a whole bunch of noise you just need to slam that bag into a tree like remember what hulk did to the loki do that with that bag (laughs) (laughs) just make imp guacamole is that what he's gonna do done it inside the bag well hell yeah i mean that I, that that's part of frag standard procedures he's got yeah, it in the bag he's things, slamming it against stuff. like you know maybe we need this imp so we shouldn't like murder it yeah but knock it out yeah all right so we get some rope we make the bag into a pinata and then we all just take turns hitting it with sticks <laughs> <laughs> i don't like it no anymore. knock this imp out right now <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to make a ruling that, like, Frag is going to have to do something about this imp, like, right away. Like, I don't think, I don't know if you're going to have time to make an imp pinata. An imp pinata? Taking the bag and just slamming it against the ground. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think we'll just go off your initial double success. Yeah, you take this bag and you just, like, I imagine you, like, wind up, like, NBA dunk contest, just, like, just spike this thing into the ground and it stops moving. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. 
Jimmy's going to scan the area, see if I can spot any more. Give me a doves roll. Two dice. Five and a three, one success. You are scanning the area for heat signatures, and you do see kind of lurking around in the underbrush. But since it's just a partial success, I'll say that the complication is that it's difficult for you to determine exactly how many are out there. But you can tell that they do seem to sort of be circling you and forming like a perimeter. Do I see any gaps in it or are they pretty evenly spaced? Yeah, you will be able to sort of navigate uh, a way through these imps through the underbrush. All right, Jimmy pulls out. He doesn't have like a backpack. Instead, he's got an invention called the Ghost Grabber. The things that had like a dinosaur mouth on one end and a little lever on the oh, other yeah, as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always wanted it's one basically of one of those, but like made out of metal and it's got like science shit on there, like some like glowing wires <laughs> running up it so I can like grab ghosts with it. Okay. And Jimmy just like uses that to point. He's like, this way! And like starts charging <laughs> the gap. Okay, yeah. So you guys are, I almost envision this being sort of like the scene in Jurassic Park uh, 2 where the the stay out of the long grass like you guys are quickly making your way through this like field and like as you're kind of running Jimmy you can kind of see around you you can sort of see like the thermal images of imps trying to like flank you and get around front given that you guys like you guys are moving quickly enough that they're sort of more or less just kind of skirting along like the edges of your group is anybody can I tell if they're funneling us towards the house? Like, is that the, the direction we're headed? You know what? Yeah, I will say that they do seem to be directing you towards the house. So we're heading away from the RV, basically, towards Correct. where I think the house would be. And I have another question. <laughs> Does the Ouija board only talk to me when I'm using it? Or, like, is it could it mess with me now? Like, tell me uh, if I have to since, ask. Yeah, I mean, since you ask, yeah, I think at this point... The uh, Ouija board is sort of, it's kind of laughing. And then it says something like, Oh, Shannon, you move closer towards your doom. This has been, this is most entertaining to watch. I think this is what's going to happen. You're kind of making your way through the brush. And then you all of a sudden, you find yourself in this clearing. That's when the voice says to you, Look out, Shannon. And then you turn to your right and you see what looks like the front end of a train moving towards you guys very quickly. All right, folks, that's going to do it this week. Cliffhanger ending for you. Thank you for joining us again for uh, episode 11 of Doves and Demons. We really appreciate you being here with us. As always, I will ask that if you are enjoying the podcast, please uh, tell anybody uh, else who you think might be a fan as well. Uh, do spread the word. Uh, you know, we are very thankful for the uh, small but loyal uh, listenership that we have managed to develop thus far. So y'all rock. Uh, really, really thank you so much. If you feel like getting in contact with us, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about the podcast, do email us at funtimepod at gmail.com. That is F-U-N-T-I-M-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Once again, my name is Cody Bankston as your host and game master saying bye.